that on him. Total praise. Total praise. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have a loved one who's in heaven right now? How many of you know that you know that you know that when your days here on earth have ended, you're going to heaven? <laughs> over the years, over the years, we've often been asked questions about heaven. Like, what is heaven like? And really, how long is eternity? Questions like, will we know our loved ones and will we be living with our loved ones? Questions like, how old are children? Do they age forward or do they stay the age that they were when they passed? Questions, questions like, what does it really mean when Jesus took the sting out of death? and victory over the grave, yet we still grieve so heartily. Well, we want to take some time for the next couple of weeks, and we want to talk about that. We want to talk about those questions and that have been raised, um, questions about eternity and questions about our transition from mortality to immortality. And so it's, we're going to be in a teaching mode, okay? And so for those of you who are note takers, you're going to have plenty of scriptures to write down. So you can go home and review them. And we just want to take some time to review that. So you may be seated. We're going to pray before we get started. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We bless you, dear Lord, for this time of teaching God, I pray, Father, as we move forward into this session, dear Lord, that as always, we just pray for the move of your spirit. God, show us and reveal to us those things that have been hidden or those things that we would not acknowledge. God, I pray that as we come to the end of this series that there will be a peace, a calm, a look forward to, a celebration of all the awesome things that you have in store for us. Sit down, dear God, as I stand behind this sacred desk. I pray in the precious name of Jesus, too, that you would just give me a fresh anointing right now. Uh, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I, I'm going to um, take a pause because I've been kind of working with some technology, so I need y'all to kind of bear with me a little bit because I'm swiping and doing a whole lot of stuff up here. So if anything kind of get a little cock sideways, you know, just understand it's me trying to work with this technology, okay? Um, first of all, loosen up a little bit because since I brought up, y'all saw dying to live. Everybody got quiet, shut down, <laughs> turned off, ain't even trying to come on, I need you to work with me, Okay? I think when we come to the end of this, you're going to be, you're going to be all right. <laughs> Last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is the pinnacle, the zenith, the, 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 the highest occasion of the Christian faith because it is the day that we celebrate the work of Jesus Christ, the work that he accomplished on the cross. 
It was on the cross that Jesus, that Jesus took care of the wrath that we so justly had deserved. It was on the cross where, where Jesus purchased our redemption and where he canceled our sin debt and where he can't reconcile all things to himself. Um, the scriptures tell us that at the cross, Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities and made them a public spectacle took the sting out of death and robbed the grave of its victory. And because Jesus was raised from the dead and because we know that he lives and because all of us who have accepted him as our personal savior, we too know that one day we shall receive a resurrected body and live with Jesus forever. And if you believe that, come on and just give the Lord a hand praise. We know we shall live eternally, eternally with him. There's an old hymn of the church that says, we're going to live where the wicked shall cease from troubling. How many of y'all have some wicked folks messing around with y'all? And the weary shall be at rest. It's the place where, where uh, we got a Revelation 2, 21 and 4, where, where John the Revelator said, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Can you imagine? Just let that marinate on your mind for one moment. He will wipe away every tear. No tear. The only tears that will be shed in heaven will be tears of joy. There will be no more grieving. There will be no more suffering. All of the old things that we are facing and dealing with right now will pass away. Hallelujah. How many of you can think of some things you're dealing with right now? And you'd be mighty happy when they pass away. Do I have any, I have any witnesses in here? So all of the stuff that we're struggling with will pass away. And so, again, some of the questions that have hit us will be, what is heaven like? And and what is it that we're going to be doing all of eternity? Are we going to know each other? Well, our families, are we going to be out together? Are our families going to be split up? What is that? How is, how is that going to be? We already asked about what age will our children be in heaven? Do they, do they remain children or do they, or is the age fast forward to a certain age? What would our age be? You know, some people think that our age will be what Jesus was when he died, 33. I'd love to be 33 again. I got to do something to make y'all laugh because y'all some kind of tight up in here right now. Aren't they tight? They're tight on me, aren't they? And, and the other question is, what would the world be like if man had not fallen? We're going to deal with that next Sunday. What would this world, what would it be like for us if Adam and Eve hadn't messed up in that garden? So we're going to call this scripture, we're going to call this passage, I mean, this, this series, Dying to Live. Dying to Live. And the reason why I chose that title is because when we look at, at scripture, when we look at scripture, First uh, Peter um, 2 and 11, uh, in it, and it calls us, and this has come from different translations, we're, we refer to as sojourners, we refer to as foreigners, aliens, exiles. It all depends on what translation you're looking at. Because we are people that's living in a place that's not our home. Those of us who are saved, we are living in a place that is not our home. 
And, 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 and we were born into this, and we were born into this time, and we were born into this space to, to carry out our divine, divine assignment in this earthly realm. And in order to, to, and in order to discover and to, to carry out our divine assignment, we have to know who Jesus is, who Jesus Christ is. God has placed into every person, saved or unsaved, he has placed into every person a yearning or a desire to know the truth. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 said he has put eternity in their hearts. And then we have Romans 1.10. For since the creation of this world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. And what the scripture is saying, that God puts so much around us that even if you don't know who he is, you begin to question who he is. You begin to wonder, is there something greater than who I am? So God has put everything, God has put into us an understanding that there is something that is greater than us. And however, because we all have the gift of free will that God has given to us, Everyone will not choose to seek the truth of who and whose we are. However, that doesn't change the fact that our bodies are temporary shelters for our eternal souls. All of humankind, all of humankind, everyone of us in here who is breathing, whether we accepted Jesus Christ or not, all of us will have an eternity, whether it's with God or without God. Because we are all spiritual beings. And right now, our eternal souls are encased in, in this physical body and we are having a human experience. Sometimes we think that our spiritual part is coming later. But we are spiritual beings right now as we speak. Our spirits are encased in this physical body. We are already spiritual beings. We're not going to become spiritual beings. We are already spiritual beings in a physical body that is specifically designed to live within the earth realm. The penitent thief on the cross asked Jesus this. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus stopped right in the middle of dying and promised him, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, here's the thing. When we think about the penitent thief, we don't know when he came to recognition that Jesus was who he is. We don't know what it, when that came. We don't know if it happened when he was on the cross. We don't know if he heard about Jesus before he was on the cross. But at some point in time, that thief came to recognize that Jesus Christ was the son of the living God. And so what we see there, that the way to salvation is faith. He had faith. If you look at the other thief on the cross, he said, if you are, if, but this one didn't say if, he says, when, remember me, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus promised him, he said, today you will be with me in paradise, paradise, paradise. That thief would have understood paradise to be a perfect, beautiful garden. Jesus didn't go into any deep theological discussion about heaven. Jesus neither went into any deep theological discussion why it took you so long to get saved. He didn't. 
He just went on and said and told him, based on this man's faith, this is where you're going to be. You're going to be with me forever and ever. So throughout the New Testament, that word, we see that word paradise. And paradise is often interchangeably used with the word heaven. Again, it refers to the place where God resides. Revelation 21, you want to jot that down and just read it on your own time. Revelation 21 provides for us the most extensive imagery of heaven. The gates of heaven are made from a single pearl. I want to pause right there on that single pearl. And I really meant to put a picture up here so that you could see. Most of the time when we see a picture of the gates of heaven, it's used with this intricate design of this gate and so forth. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about when you look at some of the imagery? And so when I was kind of going through researching this, and when you look at the scripture, the scripture doesn't say that. It said the gate is made out of a single pearl. I need you to stop and press pause on that. One single pearl. And so one picture that I saw, it was when one artist's concept of it, he actually had a large, huge gate that was made, that was round, not the ornate kind that opened like this, but the round kind like you see in pictures of Jesus' tomb, moved to the side so we can enter in. Y'all got that picture? Y'all working with me? I was talking to Erica about it, and she said, you know, my only God can make a single pearl that's big enough for a gate for us to walk in. I said, you're right. And she said, because all those other pictures that we see of of the pearly gates, that supposedly they look like man-made it. But you can't make no mistake off of that pearly gate. I wish I had brought that picture. If I think about it, I'll put it back up again. So anyway, it tells us that the streets are paved of pure gold and are clear. Pure gold and clear as glass. And the walls are made of all kinds of precious stones. Even with the description, heaven is so far greater than what you and I can even begin to imagine. Because in heaven, there will be colors that we have never seen before. In heaven, there are going to be sounds we have never heard before. And in heaven, there's going to be a peace and joy that we do not experience here, but we will experience it over there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, First Corinthians tells us in 2 and 9, it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We cannot even begin to imagine what heaven is going to look like. We can't even begin because our minds cannot even perceive it. So even based off of that, it just tells you how magnificent that heaven is going to be. So for today, we just want to hit on a couple of those questions that came. And here are a couple of them. One of the first questions that came to us was, do our loved ones know what's, what's happening here on earth? Do our loved ones know what's happening here on earth? How many of y'all say, I hope not? <laughs> <laughs> Hebrews 12 and 1. The Bible doesn't really come right out and says exactly what the awareness may be or if they are fully aware of what's going on on earth. But Hebrews 12 and 1 does give us some, somewhat some indication. For Hebrews 12 and 1 tells us that, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us run with perseverance the race that is marked for, before us. And so this passage suggests that they are, that, that our loved ones are possibly 
aware of what's happening here. Again, they may not be fully aware or they could be fully aware. And what they're doing according to this passage is that they are rooting for us to make it. They're rooting for us to make it to the end, to run this race, because they already know what the end is like. And they're rooting for us and just encouraging us from heaven and saying, you can do this. I know it's rough down here. I know you feel like throwing in the towel sometimes. I know you just want to turn off the news, flip off the TV and do all of that. But we are, you are going to be okay. So this passage is telling us is that there's a possibility that they're there and that they're watching us and that even though they may not know everything that's going on, the thing of it is is that how they see the world is that they're seeing it from God's perspective and not from man's perspective. That makes the difference. The problems and the miseries of this earth don't disturb them. Because some may say, well, if they see all what's going on, wouldn't they be upset? Wouldn't they be upset to see what was happening in the family? Wouldn't it be upset if they see what's happening between these countries and the nations? Wouldn't it upset them? But if they're looking at it from God's perspective, it wouldn't disturb them. It wouldn't disturb them because, uh, because the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God, and they're filled with the knowledge of God and understanding, and so therefore they're not disturbed because they know in the end it's going to be okay. So we can have that assurance that as our loved ones who are in heaven and possibly looking and seeing and observing some of the things that we're doing and observing what's going on in the world, they have the assurance that you are going to be okay because God has it all under control. Are you with me? Our next question. Will we know each other when we get into heaven? Will we know each other when we get into heaven? The Apostle Paul declared, I shall know fully even as I am fully known. So what does that mean? It means that we're going to know each other. We're going to be able, when you go to heaven, you, as soon as you get there, you're going to know everybody that you have already always known. They're going to know you, you're going to know them. Even though you're going to be in a spiritual, uh, be a spiritual body at that particular time, you're still going to know each other. The thing of it is, is we're going to be our true and authentic self. In other words, there's going to be no mask, ain't going to be no phoniness. It's going to be what it is. All right? We are going to be fully known. They're going to know everything about you, and you're going to know everything about them. There's not going to be no secrets. There's not going to be any shame. There's not going to be anything to hide. Because, see, that's what the intent was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden, is that there wasn't going to be no shame in the game. I am who I am in all of God's glory and all of God's beauty. We are going to know each other without the interruption of sin. Without, the, without sin impairing it. But knowing each other for the fullness of who we are and for whose we are. So there won't be no perpetrating in heaven. You ain't got to fake it till you make it. You know, you don't have to go on Facebook and pretend you're going somehow and you know you all this and all that when the truth be told you ate all of this and all of that. You can be who you are. Here's the other interesting thing. All of us here have a name, right? Your parents gave you a name. Everybody got a name. You were named after someone or whatever, however you came about, everyone has a name. Do you know 
that that's your earthly name. But how many of you know that there is a name that God already has for you that's in heaven? Everybody with me on that? Everybody hear me? All right, just in case you don't believe me. You got a new name. Over in glory, Revelation 2.17. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who received it. Can you imagine what your name might be in heaven? A new name that's, that fully, fully describes who you are. A beautiful name, an awesome name. And you know the only other thing about it, no one else is going to have that name except for you. It's your name. And here is the thing, when you go and look at Revelation and you look at it, they're talking about on a white stone. See, back in biblical times when it was during the time of, of court, you know, in, in trial, in a time of trial, when the jury wanted to pass judgment, they would either give you a white stone or a black stone. Black stone meant you was what? Come on, y'all, come on, y'all. Black stone meant you were guilty of sin. White stone meant you were not guilty. He's given us a white stone, meaning you're not guilty. You're not guilty of sin. And he's written your name on it. Y'all should be some kind of happy. I don't know what in the world going on here. <laughs> but here on earth, we are saddled with so many negative labels. But in heaven, even though we can be a new creature in Christ, some of us, we're still carrying negativity and labels that have been placed on us. And in and, 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 and heaven, all of that is going to be removed. And that's where Jesus is going to give us a new name, a new name. I was debating if I was going to share this story or not because it is, it is really so unreal. But I'm going to put it out there anyway. So this was, way, this was back in the, this was back like 87. It was back in 87. And I was working in downtown D.C., on K Street. Everybody know what down on K Street down in downtown D.C.? And um, it was around noon. And I had walked out of the building. And as I walked out of the building, this man walked up to me. And he had on this black suit and this little, little, little tie-like around his neck and had this little hat on. And he really kind of reminded me, you know, in the pictures of the old preachers, what they called Parsons back in the day. That's what he reminded me of when he saw me. And so he said to me, he said, he said, um, can you tell me how to get to the Connecticut Avenue metro station? And so I said to him, I said, um, yeah, yes, look, just go down one block, make a left, you will see the metro station there. And he said, okay, I want to thank you. He said, thank you so much. And then he went in and he said, and your name in heaven is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I can't remember. I know he said it. I heard it. But I can't remember it. And so anyway, he walked. I, wa I, I was, he, he was facing me. I was, we were like this. So this was him. This was me. And so I walked maybe about three or four paces past him. And then I remembered, oh, no. He needed to go two blocks over. So I turned around. So I went all the way down the block because 
I mean, you on K Street, how many people on K Street with a black hat like that in a suit? I went out, first of all, he shouldn't have gotten past me that quickly. And so I went all the way down to the end of the block looking for this man. I never found him. It was no way on God's green earth he should have made it to the end of that block. We were only three or four paces past him when I flipped around to give him the correct location. So you know what I think. Because the Bible does tell us that angels unaware do visit us. And some of, us have, some of you have experienced that. Where you go and look and you go like, now what was that? We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so I say that to say, to say that the reality is, is that if you can imagine what your name is going to be in heaven, that right now God has already picked out your name, a perfect name that's only for you, a name that's going to describe you perfectly, and it's going to talk about what you are and how God sees you. It's going to be a unique name, an awesome name, a name that God has given to you. Y'all go tattoo that cross you. <laughs> are you with me? Here's my next question. I'm going to call this to the end because eternity is a long time. I get this all the time. You would not believe how many times some people have asked me, look, Pastor Kay, eternity is a long time. What in the world are we going to be doing up in heaven all this time? Are we going to get bored in heaven? I'm like, bore me. I'd rather be in heaven bored than be somewhere else. Trust me. Trust and believe on that one. <laughs> I don't mind sitting all, all through eternity doing anything. So let's deal with the first question. Let's deal with the first part of the question. How long is eternity? Eternity, the concept of eternity is really hard for us to, to conceive. It's hard for us to, to really understand that because we, we exist within the restriction of time. We restrict everything. Everything is measured in time for us. You know, we got seconds, minutes, days, months, years, and so forth and so on. And so understanding eternity uh, is hard for us because time for us is linear. We can't go back in time. We have to only go forward in time. And so there's a possibility we're talking about eternity. I mean, the Bible doesn't clearly say to us. We know there's some kind of measurement there, but at the same time, we don't know exactly what that measurement may be. So, so the thing of it is, is that it's hard for us to understand uh, what time could be like for us. But, um, and, and, and because simply because the Bible is not clear. But the other thing is, is that we do understand is that God is not bound to time. God is outside of time. And so again, that can be difficult for us to conceive, but, at this, but, but he is outside. He is not, he's, not constricted to, he's not restricted to time. He's, out, he's, he's outside of us. But, but I still you know, wanted to try to, to answer that question or at least give, uh, uh, I would say, um, an educated guess, if you will. Is my mic on? Can y'all hear me? Sound like something went out. I just wanted to give an educated Thank you. So I just wanted to give an educated guess, if you will, as to eternity. How long, how can we look at eternity? So let's look at 2 Peter 3 and 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. Okay? 
One day for God is a thousand years. So now, so for some of y'all who are waiting for the Lord to answer and to deliver, now you got to understand why it's taking so long, okay? We want to answer right now. God is not on our time, all right? He's not on our time. That's, that's why the saying goes, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. So anyway, I, I wanted to kind of put this into perspective. So I asked, um, I asked uh, ERT Tiara Colbert, I said, she, she's our math person. Everybody know T, Tiara Colbert? Okay, I'm going to now, if you need tutoring in math, she's the girl. She's your one. She is your one. She is a math genius around here. So I, I, sent, I shot off a note to her like, I said, okay, would you do this for me? Um, um, our founding pastor, my husband's been gone 17 years as of March 9th. It's hard to believe he's been gone that long, right? I said, he's been gone 17 years since March 9th. Based on this scripture, how long has he been in heaven? So I calculation. I did my own little calculation. Of course, my little calculation didn't come out right. I know, Erica, isn't it? I know, I know. No, Erica's saying this because ever since I've been working on this message, everything been going wrong. Everything. Mic going out. Printer wasn't working. <laughs> Erica said, Mama, you need to leave it alone. But anyway... <laughs> So according to the calculations, Johnson been gone for 17 years. He's only been in heaven for 24 minutes and 48 seconds. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. He only been there for 24 minutes. We've been down here suffering for 17 years. Can y'all accept me to sit there? Would y'all wouldn't mind if I said I was feeling some kind of way about that? I'm like, I'm down here grieving, going through all these changes, and this Negro don't even know that. He in heaven. He don't even know I'm not there. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know how I feel about that. I got to process that. 24 minutes. There's a good possibility he's still at the gate trying to get in. He only been there 24 minutes. And you know he knew everybody, so can you imagine he ran at the gate? Hey, sis, how you doing? You know, I know that's him. Hey, hey, where you been? All that kind of, I'm so glad to see you. I bet he's still at the gate. I know he hadn't even made it to his mansion. He hadn't made it over there. You only been there 24 minutes. So when I saw that, I'm going like, you know what? I'm going to stop sweating you, dude, because you know what? You all right. You're doing all right. And I hope all of you feel better, too. You go and take this calculation. You see how long your loved one's been in heaven. I guarantee you're going to feel a whole lot better because they, they don't even know you're not there. But this kind of gives, it, and, 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 and I just want you to understand, I'm not saying this is it. But it just kind of give us, we can imagine that if this is eternity, 17 years have gone by for us. 
but it's only 24 minutes, not even, not even a half hour. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more disturbed I get. <laughs> it's not even a half hour. And all of us, some of us who have lost loved ones, we've been grieving for years and years and years. And for them, it only just begun. But how awesome is that? How awesome it is what they're experiencing right now. That's amazing. It is. It's amazing. I, uh, what's that hymn, Pastor Queen, with amazing grace? We've been there, what is it? 10,000 years. And we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We have no less days than when we first begun. Been there 10,000 years, no less days than we have done. So the other thing that we, we're going to be doing in heaven is, listen, understand this. You're not going to be floating around on a cloud, <laughs> strumming a harp. That's not going to happen, okay? So you're not going to become an angel. He already got angels. You're not going to be an angel. You're not going to grow no wings. That's not going to happen. God already got his angels in place. But... We are going to become spiritual beings. We are going to become spirit. We are spiritual beings. We're just going to take on another form. And, and, and that is um, a form that we're going to be taking on, again, right now, because Jesus not, has not come back. So those of us who, to, who transition before Jesus returns, the body remains here, but our spirit goes back to be with the Lord. And then when Jesus returns, our spirits will come back with him. And then that's when our bodies will be transformed, will be resurrected. And then we will then become, you know, heavenly bodies. And then we will then have bodies that will be able to live eternally. Everybody follow me? Okay. So right now in heaven, because Jesus has not returned, they're still doing some work. Now, whatever the work that they're doing in heaven, I don't know, but... We're serving, they're serving in heaven. Um, the scriptures tell us in 2 Timothy 2, 11 and 13, the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. So that passage is telling us is that in heaven, we're going to reign with Christ. And to reign with Christ means that we're going to rule. We're going to, have, we're going to rule with Christ. If you also look over into... 1 Corinthians 6 and 3, now whether this happens after Jesus' second return or it happens now, I don't know. But 1 Corinthians 6 and 3 says, do you not know that we are to judge angels much more than matters pertaining to this life? So one job that we're going to have in heaven is that eventually we're going to be judging angels. So then we're going to have some responsibility. So there is going to be a responsibility because when the new heaven and earth comes into play, there is still a whole nother form of government because Jesus is going to be here. God is going to be resigning. And so there's still going to be work. There's still going to be people. And we still got a lot of things to do. What we're going to be doing, I don't know. I did have a dream once before. This was Johnson. He had passed when Johnson gone on. And in my dream, <laughs> I said, I said, how was heaven? <laughs> this, that this was a dream. This one this was a dream. This was not a vision. I went about to walk out here thinking it was a vision. And he said, in the dream, he said, Oh, it's okay. It's just kind of boring. 
I said, well, are you really in heaven? This was my dream. Are you really where you're supposed to be or are you somewhere else? Because it shouldn't be born up in heaven. But, but anyway, we're going to have some work to be doing that's going to be in heaven. We're also going to be worshiping in heaven. And now understand that the worship is not we're going to be sitting in a church service forever and in a day singing praise and worship songs. Um, what we're going to be doing is, is that our worship is our lifestyle the same way it should be here on earth. It's our lifestyle. It is how we conduct ourselves because worship isn't an event. Worship is not a place. Again, worship is a, is a lifestyle that begins here while we're on earth and, and then it will be carried forth into heaven. And so our worship will be continuously because we're going to be, it's going to take us throughout eternity to learn and to grow in the knowledge of who God is. We're going to be, and it's going to take eternity for us to get through. It's going to take eternity to meet all of the people who have gone before us. It's going to take us. Can you imagine that you go all the way back to your grandparents, your great, 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 to the beginning of time? All of those people you're going to be getting to know. So it's going to take a long time. And then can you also imagine that also in heaven, God, the, the gifts don't just end, you know, the ability to create art and music and all of that. That's not going to end. That's not going to end. Can you imagine the concert's going to be in heaven? Can you imagine Whitney Houston in concert in heaven? I think Michael Jackson, he didn't do that concert down here, but I do think he's going to be up there in heaven doing it. You know, can you just imagine getting in with Mahalia Jackson and all those folks around the throne? Can you imagine them in concert? It's going to be awesome. And we don't have to buy tickets. Amen. So the thing of it is, is that, is that heaven is a real and tangible place. It's real. It's tangible. It's just as real as where you are sitting right now as you speak. The only difference is, is that here in this earth realm, because this is all that we know, we think we are seeing clearly, but we're not. This earth, and we'll talk about this on next week, this earth is groaning. This earth is dying. You see death around us. The trees on the leaves on the trees, you see it. Because this earth is not in its full capacity. This earth is not in its fullness. We have not reached eternity. So we're looking through, it's almost like for us, because this is all we know, but the Bible tells us we're looking like through a, a, a glass that is, that is not clear. But it's all that we know. But once we go over, all things will become clear. And then we'll be able to look back and we understand, as the song said, we'll understand it all by and by. So here it is, is that here is that, is that we're preparing. We, we, when Jesus promised that he was going to prepare a place for us, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for, for you. And then I'm going to come back for you. You can take that promise to the bank. That he has a place designed ex especially for us. And it's going to be laid out just for us. So whatever that, that dream home you may have of just imagine in heaven, God already got to put something put together for you. How awesome that would be. So right now, we are here on earth, and we are here on earth, and we have a divine assignment. 
No one in here is living by chance. No one is in here living by chance. Everyone is living because God has a purpose for you and because that purpose he has is to advance his kingdom. And once we get to heaven, we'll fully realize exactly how the impact of that purpose that we have. All of us, again, we have loved ones in heaven. And if I can be honest with you, even though I was joking around, we still wish that we could still have them here with us. We wish we could talk to them. Some of them left way too soon. And there isn't anything wrong with having that desire. But again, as the scripture said, but we are not a people who, who grieve without hope. Because our hope is in Jesus Christ. And, we're, and we know that one day we will all be together. And we also know that as we continue moving forward and, and living with Christ, that again, we're going to be there forever and ever and ever. That's if we know Christ. Because again, we are spiritual beings. And we have a choice. We can choose to be with him or choose not to. My recommendation is, is don't be like the penitent thief and wait till you're on the cross before you make a decision. The decision should be made while you can still move and while you can still serve God and while you can still celebrate him. If you can receive that, would you please say amen? As you're standing all over the sanctuary, we're going to ask all of the decision councils to come. And while they're coming, if, uh, if you still have, if any of you have any questions, um, please feel free to um, text, call, email. We'll be glad to try to answer those questions as best we can, and we'll answer them according to what our understanding of the scriptures may be, okay? All right, so the questions that we had came from you. And so we just want to, if you have any other questions, feel free, because we want to use this time as a time of teaching. Amen? Amen. Amen. While you're standing all over the sanctuary, all right, First Christian, you know what we do. Check with your neighbor, check the person behind you, and just ask them, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If they haven't asked, would you like to know more about him? And if say, do you want to walk with me? I will walk with you down this aisle. The best question to ask them, do you know where you're going to be? Should your life be required? Should God call you home? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Everybody good? Everybody, everybody, everyone's good? Everybody on their way to heaven? Yeah. All right, then. Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Oh, hold up. We got a couple people coming. Amen. Uh, come on, y'all. We can do better. Got a soul who's been saved. We got to do better. Amen. Amen. Is anyone who may be just in need of prayer? You, maybe you're just struggling. Maybe you are dealing with grief, and that's okay. All right? There's nothing to be ashamed of. And if you're dealing with grief and you just need someone just to touch and agree with you, uh, our decision council will be more than happy to pray with you. There's one.
everybody all right all right let's let us look to the lord dear heavenly father we thank you for this time of worship we thank you for this time of study and reflection and now dear lord as we leave from this place father i pray that you would just watch over these your people bless them with all of your spiritual blessings bless their going in and their coming out we ask this in the precious name of jesus let the church say amen amen, amen and amen, amen.